0: Good afternoon friends, this is your technology information channel. This is George speaking on to my geek friends that know me as PC Caramel. Okay friends, so this podcast is for educational purposes only. And it'll give you some idea on how to hack an email account. Now if you do hack someone's email account, it is against the law. So I want to put that in, okay. But I understand that the law says that there you can learn but not now I learn all these things for a reason so I can sort of explain to my listeners and to people that don't understand how easy it is to hack an email account. Of course it's easier if your computer is left in an office and it's left uncontrolled and it's not secure. So there's quite a lot of things in the world that can be done. Some people call them hacking, which they break things or do things that that aren't designed to be done that way. Okay, so I'll give you some depth on email hacking. But this is for educational purposes only. Okay, so there's quite a number of pieces of documentation. On 10 ways to hack someone's email, there's actually plenty out there. A social engineering method is one of the most common methods obtained to obtaining personal account information that is not linked to a special account and can include all personal users' accounts in cyberspace. In this method, the hacker tries to get the password to enter the account from the user using various methods. It does not use any tools to obtain the password in this method the hacker usually tries to persuade the user to provide his password to the hacker by gaining trust and creating a ground for obtaining the password for an example a hacker creates a email account with a google username and is then used he uses this username to send an email to the person stating that there's a problem with the security of their account and that their account appears to have been hacked in the next steps it'll ask the user to click on a link remove the suspicion. The desire link redirects the user to affect page and also him to enter his password. By entering the password, you have actually provided the password to the hacker and he's basically able to get into your system. Now it depends on what email client they're using. How to hack Gmail with infected links is another method. Another way to hack Gmail is to use an infected link that are emailed to people. These emails usually contain links that click on them to install malware and keyloggers on the victim's system. A keylogger, for those that don't understand, basically records all your keystrokes and can give up quite a piece of information. But in order to make these links seem harmless, the hacker usually sends them to a valid user account and sends a text justifying them, which causes the user to deceive and click on the fact link. Another method may be with password guess, because many people use spiceable passwords for their different accounts. It is usually possible to access other accounts with the same password. In this method, the hacker mainly owns an internet server, or service, sorry, in which users register and have a password username. Uh, because reg- registration forms usually ask the user to enter their email address. The hacker will have access to many people's Gmail addresses, as an example. The next step is to try the password chosen by the user. Hacking an email, uh, sorry, hack email with a hacking and a second account. When you sign up for a Google account, you will be asked to provide a second email address. This allows the hacker's Google account to be recovered if the password is forgotten. One of the problems with this feature is that it also provides a way to hack your Google account. If you use a second account for your Google account, make sure that the account is a unique and strong password. Of course, you can hack an email using a public Wi-Fi. Using public Wi-Fi is passwords to allow your account password to be stolen using packet snippers. Packet snipping, to avoid this technique, you should use encrypted Wi-Fi that you trust. Or in addition, you can use a virtual private network to prevent these. Hacking emails by requesting verification codes is another method. Sometimes hackers do not target Google users to steal their account, but use their name to create Google Voice accounts for cybercrime. To achieve this, the hacker sends verification messages to the stranger. Here's how to do it. This is for educational purposes. The hacker targets a person's Gmail address or email. The cybercrime tells the person that he wants to send him a code to provide his identity. The hacker then tries to create a Google Voice account using the person's email address. The verification code is sent to the target person and he or she sends it to cyber criminals according to the agreement. The hacker now has a Google Voice account. If a hacker knows your password, he can enable a two-step identification or he can still use the same trick to steal your account. Of course, there's another way of doing it, hacking with phishing emails and I have covered this in the past. Most phishing emails used to hack Google accounts are very complex. These emails appear to be been sent from Google, but when you click on the link, you will be redirected to a website that steals your account and password. The easiest way to prevent your Google account from being hacked by phishing emails is to check the sender's address. Google only sends emails using the email address that ends with google.com. If an email asks you to sign into the Google account, it's a good idea to enter url manually one of the favorite ones is a keylogger find a keylogger program that fits your needs a keylogger is a program that records stores compressed keys on a computer where it is installed there are many different types of keylogger programs which have different levels of stealth these programs can be purchased or downloaded for free make sure your, your application as all required options. Some of the popular keyloggers is Kidlogger, best free keylogger, free logger, or sorry, free keylogger, stupid keylogger, paid versions are elite keyloggers. Actual keyloggers you've got Spyrot free keylogger, Black Box Express, Kidlogger, Natball, and Lula. So if I was to basically want to know what the what the Black Box Express was. For those that don't know, it's uh, basically, we uh, second, basically the black box security monitor express, surveillance display. Now, some people use this for different reasons, black box, security monitor, express, uh, keep track of the websites, keywords, taxes that are underbeats, computer use, so there's many methods friends in hacking computers, or sorry, hacking email accounts, okay, understanding the limitations, example Gmail is an incredible secure service. The only way you'll be able to hack into someone's account is by stealing their password. If, you, if your target has two-factor identification, you need their mobile device as well. There's no way around that from the experts. You need to understand the legal day of it. It's absolutely illegal in most areas to access someone's email account without authorization. Okay, so this is for educational purposes only, friends. Using a keylogger, and this is exactly what they do. First of all, they find a keylogger program that suits their needs, so they may try out different ones. <clears throat> a keylogger is a program that logs keystrokes on a computer. It is installed on. There are various varieties of keylogger programs available for free or for purchasing online. Various degrees of stealthness. OK, so the public programs, you've got Blackbox Express, NetBull, Lola Lola, and you've also got the actual keylogger, there's many types out there, friends. So what they do is they'll install the keylogger in the target's computer. This will require administration access to the target's computer, and many computers are possible to be admin or just blank. The process for installing the keylogger varies depending on the program you're using. Installing a keylogger without the other person knowing it's illegal. So it's basically a program on the keylogger 5.4.3 is one of many. So you start the keylogger service. You start the service will so it begins to record keystrokes. The process varies depending on the program you're using. You may have to configure the program to record keystrokes if it has, if it has multiple functions. You let the keylogger key run on the target user's computer. So for an example, if you're running a political party and you suspect one of your MLS, there is a possibility have to leave their computer now and you get installed it without them even knowing. So you let the program basically run while on the target user's computer. It will likely capture a lot of information and you can filter based on the windows that are using this. The user's is typing in. You can feed the logs, some keyloggers will send you logs to your email account. Others will require you to export them from computers now you also can get passwords of people's passwords by using their basically their, their normal browser the like of google chrome so if someone has a laptop with google chrome on it using the browser password monitor you open the web browser that your target users on their computer you must have access to that person's computer first of all and uh, you get they are out right of the room or if you know they are out right, for a few minutes alone you can open a link from an email or hub menu to launch the default browser you can open the password monitor uh, the process for accessing the password monitor is different depending on the browser you're using internet explorer don't think many people use that, but you can click the gear button or the tools menu and select internet options click the content tab and click settings button on the auto complete section select monitor ma- passwords for the new window on Google Chrome, you click the Chrome menu button and select settings. Click the show advanced settings link and then scroll to passwords. Okay, so Firefox menu button, options, security tab, and then click save passwords. Or, Zavari preferences and click the password tab. Sadly, a lot of people do save their passwords on their computers. Finding the password for your target computer account using the search bar in the password manager to search for Google. Okay, so there's many ways, friends, you can do this, and the information to get on how to do it is very simple. But it is for educational purposes. There's quite a lot of information on email hacking. Fraudsters are, con- uh, are constantly on the prowl to steal your personal information, to commit fraud without. Watch out for email hacking to prevent it. Never enter your email credentials into a website you access through a hyperlink or an email or SMS. Make sure that you use a two-factor authentication such as an SMS notification on your mobile. So how do Fraudsters get into your email details? This is another way they can threat. They may trick you into clicking on a link in a SMS message, text message, or an email saying that you are running out of storage space, that you need to evaluate your credentials, or else your email will be deleted. Your computer may be infected with malware that monitors your keyboard or searches your computer for safe passwords. You may have registered on a website with some credentials as your email account on this website got hacked. We all know what to do if your email account is hacked. Now, there is other ways of getting access to people's computers, and this is for educational purposes. So just bear with me. It depends on the other person's knowledge. For an example, a lot of questions I'm asked, is it easy for someone to hack into your computer? In fact, as long as you have an internet connection or some computer power, there isn't much you can't do, which is true. While many people don't think twice before storing their private photos on a computer or mobile device, they may not realise how easy it is for someone else to access. Another question I get asked is, can I hack a computer using an IP address? Your IP address can be used for, to reveal your identity and location. It can also be used to hack into you remotely and take control of your computer. <laughs> A lot of people don't know this. Another question is what do most hackers use to hack? Besides social engineering and malware, common hacking techniques include bolt nets, razor hijacks, dental dust and attacks, ransomware, root kits, viruses and worms. Some people may ask how the hackers hack computers. It's a secret pathway a hacker uses to gain entry to a computer system. Buffer overflow is a method of attack where the hacker delivers malicious commands to a system by overrunning overrunning an application. Buffer is called a dental service attack. Some people also ask me how the hackers get into the computer systems. Friends. In the computer world, there are good people and bad people who create networks that help us communicate work on others and get information. And there are those so good guys and girls who, for various reasons, like to use their computers to warm their way into those networks and cause trouble. They're called hackers. Now, why hot not hackers work for governments? They find flaws and they report it. I would class them as... Good haggers. They're called haggers. They routinely do things like steal secrets, obtain passwords, get credit card information, create so much traffic that a website has to shut down. That would be a DOS attack. They also, haggers are always at work either trying to steal information for their own gain or disrupt a business as usual. You hear a lot about hackers on the news now and then, but just what are they doing? A lot of people would say hackers aren't heroes. For some reason there are those who think that hackers are cool and the spirit of mischief and sneaking is admirable but the IT internet technology expert who spent a lot of money both in a business or government networks would disagree. And for that, money, so and anyone who has ever had their money or that they by a hacker, there's nothing playful about it. Most people would agree that there are three types of hackers. And the experts say you've got young kids having fun. They're extremely vandalism on the internet and are also known as script kiddies. They are not looking for more than a few hours of fun messaging with the websites on networks. Then you've got the recreational hackers, they're savage computer users. They intrude on networks when they feel they have a valid reason. Then you get the professionals. When a computer expert gets a taste of hacking and likes the fever, he or she will continue to use their skills often for breaking into people's accounts to steal money, stealing passwords, and getting into systems. Finding out a password is usually the first step in cracking a network security. That's the first step that you would take. As again, I say this is for educational purposes. That's why there are so often many articles telling you to change your password often and make it hard to figure out. I've covered a lot of podcasts on changing your password. These are a few terms that you'll hear about hackers and what they do. Okay, so let me give you some examples. Backdoor. Backdoor is a secret pathway a hacker uses to gain entry into a computer system. Let me give you another example. Buffer overflow. A method of attack where the hacker delivers some malicious commands to a system by overrunning an application buffer. Dental DOS service attack is an attack designed to cripple the victim's system by preventing it from handling its normal traffic, usually by flooding it with false traffic, what they call false packets, false data packets. Email worm: A virus script or mini-program sent to an unexpected victim through a normal-looking email message. Another method could be used is root access. The highest level of access most desired by serious hackers to a computer system, which can give them complete control over the system. Another one is a root kit. It's a set of tools used by an intruder to expand and control of the system. Script kitty is a young person or etc. who uses basic hacking tools to try and act like a real hacker. Serious hacking when a hacker is able to insert a malicious data packets right into actual data transmission over the internet connection. Jogs and horses are seemingly helpful programs to trick the computer user and open it. You only deliver a notice behind the scenes, unexpected attack on the computers. There's hundreds of ways of getting into a computer system. How easy is it to hack into a computer? A lot of people would ask. Hacking Windows and sa- seconds, even with passwords. It's a valid question, but friends, it is easy if you know what you're doing. And you can also hack another computer from your own computer. So, for educational purposes, There's a lot of things I won't discuss because uh, some people can hack into anybody's computer and how to hack into your suspicious, creepy, neighborhood's computer and spy on him there's plenty of ways of doing it how to spy on anyone and uh, there's a lot of things you can do. Now, some people may want to gather information for legal reasons, but if you're caught hanging on someone's computer, uh, it can be done. As an example, have you ever had a neighbor that you're certain is up to no good? Maybe you've seen him moving packages in and out of all hours of night. And maybe you've seen people going in this home and never come out. He seems, maybe seems creepy, and sometimes you hear strange sounds coming from his home. Well you know he's up to no good, but you aren't sure what exactly it is. So let's say, as an example, I have such a neighbour. Let's say I call the police about suspicion activities. Let's say that they don't take me serious. Let's say that they think I'm just being nosy or suspicious neighbour. Let's say they ask me what kind of evidence I have, that he's doing something illegal. Okay? what can I do about it, for educational purposes ok first of all I could crack his Wi-Fi the first step to cracking his Wi-Fi if we can get a connection to his Wi-Fi router AP, we cannot connect to it on be inside his LAN network so let's open a program called Backtrack and let's use Aircrack okay to crack his wireless okay so if I wanted, didn't know how to use that program then obviously I would go and learn so first of all I would need to put in, put in or pull out the wireless card in the monitor mode so I would type in a certain command then I would start or dump the application that allows you to use dump into available wireless devices on your screen then I would type in a command. Let's say, as you can see, I have a lot of wireless access points in my neighborhood. Okay? Let's say that I have highly gained antenna on my wireless card. So I'm picking up wireless from blocks around. So basically I'm picking up everybody's neighbor's wifi. So let's say my next step is to figure out which of these is my creepy neighbor. Okay, let me find out which of these IP addresses is my creepy neighbor. So let's say that He's just a few hours away from a signal and it uh, gives me a powerful signal, lower numbers and more powerful. So let's say I'm guessing he's his uh, SSID, that would be his broadband connection on the list that I have in front of me. And let's say I know this because when I drove by his house a couple of days ago with my laptop or my mobile and my wireless and my monitor mode, it was the strongest signal. So the strongest signal is the closest to that particular house basically the more bars you have okay so let's say now that I need a break into his WAP2 encryption to get into his network so what am I going to do then is as for educational purposes only the next thing I'm going to do I'm going to use a WAP2 cracking tool okay is to unlock onto his AP and capture his password prices. we can do this with the Air dump command, then forcing him to uh, re by by bumping him off his connection and send in AirPlay command, okay, so I have all the details here which I'm not going to read out okay, so let's say now we're connected to his wireless network, let's see what systems are on the network on his network, okay, so let's say that I have an ARP protocol to eliminate all the systems on the network. So let's find out the system he has inside his home and what he might, what we might be able to exploit. So we will take it on a few, or, a few more stages. Okay, so I've scanned his network. As you can see, his screen, I have a screenshot above me here. You can't see it. There's several devices on his LAN network. So before I decide to attack, I will do what they call a quick NMAP connection scan of the devices and system on his local network for some background on the map. Okay, so I have all that information in front of me. Okay, so I can take it from there and I can work my way right down. So discovering the operating system. Now, I need to know a little about his device on his home network. And we need to find one that is is exploitable. So I would do another thing called X-Probe 2. The taxing okay so this may sound complicated friends but there's many tools out in the network and it's not hard to learn them so if I wanted to learn how to hack someone's network I could do it or someone's mobile now if I wanted to find information which intelligence would do very good this is for educational purposes okay if I wanted to if I knew someone's telephone number I could trace their mobile phone and see exactly where they are. If I knew someone's email address, I could also get their location. Okay, so, a lot of things can be done if you know how to use the particular programs and know what they're doing. So you can also send a plain text message a text message to hack someone's phone. Now this is not about being paranoid. Can someone hack my phone by sending a text message? The answer to that is, there is some people say it can't be done, some people can It's saying, can you get hacked by sending a tax back? Okay, so the convincing submission scam, friends, works like this. You get an a tax message on your phone and appears to be from your bank, example, information that you checked your account has been hacked into and deactivated. Okay, the message will tell you to reply to the tax message in order to reactivate your account. That's how they get on top. Can someone hack my phone by taxing me? The answer is yes and no. There's a lot of questions people ask me, uh, can anyone hack my phone by taxing me? Smartphones have become an impact part of our life, we know that. So for example, suppose you receive a few text messages from an unknown sender that contain some links. Okay? Neither solely depends on the further action or whatever or not your device will be hacked into or impacted. Merely opening the message won't do you any harm. But if you click on those suspicious links, you may be redirected to some untrusted web page. Some text messages may contain links that can trigger the download of an unwanted app without you knowing. So that's a number of ways they can get input. Can someone hack my phone by calling me? That's another question people are asking. Again, no such technology exists that can be introduced. The hacker hacking codes are apps just by receiving a call. Imagine such taxes exist, what havoc would it create? Okay, so what are the common methods used for hacking a mobile phone? Again I say this is for educational purposes. Other than text messages and phone calls, hackers use the following common methods to conduct hacking. Examples, phishing attack is the most popular method that is used for hacking. Attackers use social engineering techniques to create a sense of fear or urgency in your mind. So they'll play with your mind, give you a text message, you panic and you click on it. It's quite simple. One of the easiest ones is public networks. A lot of people think it's great to get free Wi-Fi. I've seen people sitting on the public trains many a time where they just log on to uh, Northern Ireland Railways and get free Wi-Fi or maybe uh, a cafe or maybe a library. So public networks uh, as Wi-Fi restaurants or mail are very loosely encrypted. Cyber and take advantage of this vulnerability. Tempitate the into devices connected to that network. Private networks are more secure than public-owned friends. Keyloggers is a malicious application that would record all your keystrokes. Spyware is another one they can use, uh, where you download a piece of software. Hackers can also use spyware for activating the front camera, microphone of the device. So if I wanted to hack a phone and turn on the front camera without them knowing, then obviously I could do my homework and uh, I could do it personally myself. But it's illegal to do it. One of the other ones is more technical for people, for the basic users, called brute force. Brute force is a technique used by infiltrators to break into an account. In this attack, it takes a combination of different user names and passwords to get access. There are various dedicated software for conducting brute force attacks. It's like an army attacking the entrance of a fort to break in. Bottom line, friends, uh, yes, your phone can be hacked by attacks or calls, but only if you allow it to. The best thing that you can do on your part is to avoid installing optimal unknown or unfertilized sources and never let yourself be fooled into too good to be true offers. So if you get hacked after learning we've got some patience from me. Now hackers can break into a phone just by sending a text. There's quite a lot of ways that can be done. Um, you know it depends on your own knowledge. Can you get a virus from opening a text message on an Android phone, I've been asked. There is malware going around, friends, called FluteBot, and it spreads through SMSs and can affect Android phones. If you res- basically receive any strange text messages, SMSs, such as mention a missed delivery or someone has uploaded photos of you, That's the first step your phone is infected by what they call FleaBot. Now, FleaBot, to give you an idea, FleaBot is... is malware, okay? Okay, so FleaBot is one of many pieces of malware software Okay, it's uh, recently has been a newly identified banking malware and is causing havoc in Android mobile devices. It's presently becoming increasingly threatened because it spreads fairly easy. The malicious software uses many of the same features and modes of the operating that the older malware families have, but has brewed up quite a storm and has infected thousands of devices within a few months. It was a newly discovered malware and it basically adapts itself to the device language settings and is now infected devices in some places in Europe, Australia and its harmful software is based like a Flu, that's why it's called Flu, flu bolt. okay? F L U P It is a malware friends that targets Android users through messages or notifications It alerts the individual that they have a new voicemail or a missed call from an unknown number the message may appear as if you have a new voicemail. You go to a link that contains a fake link and takes people to a fake website. It will ask the user to grant permission to the app. When the person agrees, it gets down to business and starts attacking various apps. Freebolt attacks on the users, mobile banking apps. However, many even adopt on being saddens a slightly related application. These uses a spell majority of trouble shooting. So, how to tell if your device is infected with a flea bolt? There is no quick way to tell friends if a mailbox is infected your device and is accessing your dollar. sadly. You will also not see if it is sending messages to your contacts. However, you may notice a new voicemail app with a blue cassette and a yellow envelope that cannot be installed. You may also receive complaints from people in your contacts claiming that you sent spam messages. How do you remove it? Although it is, t- uh, sorry, although it is believe, protects itself from deletion, you can manually remove Flubot from your device by using the Android Safe Mode. Hold down the power button and restart your phone frames, confirming that you wish to reboot your device in the Safe Mode. In the system settings, look for the malware app and install it. Okay, so that has saved us a lot of money for listening to this podcast. There is also some recent development tools online to help remove Leepo from your device. However, it is best to protect your organization against cyber attacks by working with a brand protection company you can trust. And that's if you own a business. Okay, so, can emails being hacked? Of course they can, there's many ways of doing it. If you go to YouTube tonight for educational purposes and you type in, how can I hack an email account? A lot of geeks like myself will have put up many ways of doing it. I must warn you, under this technology information podcast, do not do it. This is George, your technology information. Do not do it. it is illegal, okay? It is illegal. And the reason I chose to learn all these things is so I can prevent them from happening. Okay? It's for educational purposes only. Friends, keep safe and uh, please support us. So yes we can go into many different things, many different areas, you can install malware on hardware and motherboards, a lot of people don't know, and I'm trying to stay away from the geeky things, it's not that I'm afraid to do it, but at the same time there's a lot of people would abuse it, okay so it depends what you want to learn, so Can any being be hacked? Yes. Thank you very much and have a safe day.